0: This is Revelation Response, a podcast where we talk about who God is, what He's done in our lives, and how we can't help but respond in worship. We want these episodes to be an encouragement wherever you are on your faith journey, to pay attention to what God is saying to you, and to consider how you might respond. Hey, well, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Nate Souza, and uh, today I've got a good buddy, uh, Brett Rutledge. Welcome to the show, man. Hola. How are we? Hola. Is that gonna be the extent of your Spanish? i uh, see. <laughs> right now that is <laughs> Dude, thanks for coming on today. Um so Brett and I met um at Fellowship right when I got here. So like 2015. Yep. Um you were leading worship and uh songwriter guy and doing all the stuff. And so yep. um I'm so glad that we've gotten to become good buds over gosh, it was like eight, eight years ago. Was it really eight? Yeah,
1: not crazy. That is that is crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for coming on the show today. I'm excited to talk about your story and, um, I don't want to give too much away, but just, uh, you've ma- recently made a pretty big change in terms of vocation and kind of what you're all about. So yeah, maybe, um, well, for folks that don't know, uh, maybe talk a little bit about how I got here. Yeah. Leading worship and oh, doing all that stuff. Maybe yeah, you could go all the way back to the beginning if you want all the way back yeah. to the beginning. Take me back to young Brett
1: in a world. <laughs> oh man. Um, gosh, I didn't know. Where'd you I grow up? I like grew al- up in Alabama, okay. A city called Trussville, Alabama. And I remember singing my first solo Okay. at sixth grade. My parents made me try out because I think they heard me singing in the shower. And my parents can both sing, have two sisters. They both sing. Yeah. And um, they made me try out for this part. And I remember, I still remember it. I'm not going to sing it here. Uh, get up to sing and the CD skips. This is in church. This is in church. Okay. I'm nervous out of my mind. I yeah. sing my lines. The CD skips. I go back to my seat and they're like, Brett, we need you to do it again. And like I was like, start over. What? <laughs> so my first solo, uh, I sang
0: twice. Oh my gosh.
1: Um, and one of those God things, um, got a guitar and um, I had a youth pastor see something in me I didn't see in myself mm-hmm. and kind of developed me as a uh, worship leader. And that's a big story for me as well, even getting a guitar. I had a lot of nerve damage hmm. on my arm when I was born. I think you know that story I do. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well,
0: tell, tell uh, the story.
1: Yeah, I'll keep it brief. Um, Was born, uh, got stuck on the way out, doctor pulled on my neck, my head to get me um, Mm -hmm. out, ended up ripping and damaging nerves in my left arm. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents didn't know something was wrong until I was like five months old, Um, figured out something was wrong. And uh, there was a a doctor in Virginia that would do a specific surgery. Mm -hmm. So I've had three surgeries to fix it. Um, The first surgery, they got nerves out of my legs to replace the ones damaged in my arm these crazy scars down the back of my calves Uh, when i was four they repositioned my shoulder with a muscle i don't really remember that one too terribly much um and then when i was 12 i couldn't supinate so when you you turn your palm over to get change from somebody i can't do that with my left hand Uh, i can force it you gotta move it yeah so interesting uh they went back back in my arm they broke it rotated it put a metal plate in my arm that's crazy. and then got a muscle from my left like kind of quad yeah up i guess higher and then put it in my like pectoral muscle and so i wanted a guitar when i was like 14 (laughs) yeah and my mom was like you're not gonna be able to do it she didn't say no right but i was like well forget that girls love it and one of my best friends was gonna teach me so the first song i ever learned on guitar was slide by goo goo dolls there you go (laughs) right you know that whole thing and somehow found myself leading worship and a youth okay. pastor poured into me. And it was one of those God things that I was able to learn how to play guitar. I feel like it was God limiting me of like, hey, worship music's like four or five chords. <laughs> right. You can do that, buddy. Right. Yeah. But I also realized that my vocal was also an instrument. Yeah. And so I had a youth pastor and um, some, some friends in college and uh, I led for Campus Crusade for Christ in college, and um, met a family friend who knew um, Jason Ingram, mm-hmm. who led at Fellowship Brentwood at the time. Yeah. And I got to meet with him, co-write some songs with okay. him, got a song on an Aaron Shoes record forever ago.
0: What song is that? <coughs> a
1: song called Forevermore. It wasn't, okay. wasn't a single. Okay. I think it should have been. Yeah. Um, but I friggin' loved the song and loved the opportunity to like, get to write with Jason and Aaron and all these people. So you had to be pretty young at that point when you were co-writing with him, right? Like for... Yeah, I was maybe 19 or 20.
0: What was that like for you? I mean, did you already know he was sort of a big deal... Uh, I mean Jason's written so much of this right song, we sing in church for those yeah. that
1: don't know like a huge songwriter guy so for you to be with him was a little intimidating or were you like yeah let's just do it uh, I mean my friend Tamara who knew him who um, managed him at the time was uh-huh. that was our family friend was like hey Jason heard this CD that you that you have like this worship stuff that you're working on yeah. and he would love to write with you I was like oh okay. you huh. know and uh, she was like no this is a big deal like yeah. Jason's kind of up and coming yeah. I think this is before Jason is now okay what what, what, what become, he is yeah, yeah. um and he He was the second person in my life to see something in me I didn't see myself. Mm. So like my youth pastor, like Jason. And so I came up there and just, I was like, here's some ideas that I have. I don't know how to do this, you know? Right. And he was like, yeah, man, let's, let's, let's get after it. I want to hear your heart for worship. Yeah. You know, and kind of wanted to develop me as an artist or a worship leader. And I wanted to finish my degree. I played tennis in college for a year and then transferred to Alabama and then just like led worship up Alabama. didn't play tennis there or anything. And then. Once that, I graduated December 07, moved here in January 08. Yeah. And was just like, all right, let's do the songwriting thing. Let's figure this out. Let's lead worship. Um, And that's why you came to Nashville was to do the music thing. Yeah. And so that's how I got connected with fellowship because Jason was one of the worship leaders here uh, at the time. And Rob Howard was um, uh, over the worship department. Yeah. And Jeremy Dibler, Carl Cartee, Ronnie Freeman, Christy Knuckles had just left, and then Jason. Okay.
0: That's cool. So you come in to do all that. Were you thinking um, this is going to be a career for me? Like I want to make this my thing, like trajectory-wise? Sure. Or or were you just doing the next thing in front of you? Like I'm going to do this for now and we'll see.
1: Yeah, kind of a little bit of both. Um, I was like, you know, uh, what do you call that? A big fish in a small pond (laughs) or Whatever, uh, but, the opposite. or is it the opposite? <laughs> yeah, sorry. What is it? are the whatever those things are? You might have been are? in Alabama. I don't yeah, really no, know, uh, so like you know, I, I, I'm moving to Nashville. It was yeah. super humbling to be here, totally and different. Be yeah. among a lot of great songwriters and mm-hmm. um, great worship leaders and great musicians, all the above. And so you get here and you're like, well, who the heck am I? Mm. You know, and even something that still plagues me today. We can get into this later, but yeah. like the imposter syndrome. Uh, like, who am I to? To like play these songs, to lead these songs, to lead right. people to the throne of God. You know, like who, who am I? I'm just yeah. a screw up. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, um, interesting. So yeah, it yeah. was kind of uh, it was kind of a little bit of both. Like I wanted to really, if I was going to do it, like let's do it. Yeah. like Move to Nashville, and then I met Jason, got some songwriting going, and uh, ended up signing a publishing deal with Word for
0: okay
1: three three years when I was in my mid twenties. Okay, and uh, it was incredible yeah. opportunity to to write. You know.
0: yeah what is that like I, I mean I know a little bit about that world maybe some people listening don't um, yeah. know anything uh, so if you're published or if you're signed to a publisher what does that entail for you like, do you
1: have to turn in a certain amount of songs or I think yeah the the deal that I had was like 150 songs a year okay which if you're hitting you know 10 to 15 songs a week yeah um, you that quote is not hard to get uh-huh. so it's not necessarily about the songs it's just yeah. getting in the room and it's like working out the yeah. more you work out, the stronger you get. Huh. Just like songwriting. I feel like the more you do it, the better you get. Okay. Um and did so they yeah. they pay
0: you to have that position or yeah. do they
1: only pay you if something gets like cut or... No, they they okay. paid me a little bit. I mean, okay. It wasn't a ton, but it, it like grew each year that I was there. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was a fantastic That's really cool. opportunity. Yeah.
0: When I write songs, it's usually for a purpose, like a, right. a worship night's coming up or there's like a sermon series that we're in. Yeah. I've always thought it was really intriguing like the nine to fivers, you know, where they just walk right. into a room and they clock in and they write songs and they clock out. And then right. Tuesday they just do it again. You know, it's like, it's a different like a uh, mode that you gotta get, get into where it's like, yeah. I'm just doing this all the time. I'm just churning out music. Did, did you have anything come out of that season that was I uh, I don't know, a, like a big song or like, um, did you co-write with people that you yeah. admired
1: or? So I was super young mm-hmm. um, in 25 Twenty six, somewhere in there. Okay, and so I got paired with a lot of like younger up and coming artists. Okay, and so me being a new writer, I didn't really get to write with a ton of really big people.
0: Yeah,
1: um, a, a few that I like freaked out on. Yeah, uh, a guy named Robbie C, oh, he's a yeah. worship leader out of Texas. Totally. Yeah. I've gotten to meet him and hang out with him a few times. Oh, that's got cool. to write with Tony Wood. Yeah. So it, in the room, it was me, Tony, and Robbie, and so oh. I was like like obsessed with Robbie and then mm-hmm. Robbie was obsessed with Tony. And yeah. then nobody like, <laughs> nobody gave a crap <laughs> yeah. about me. I mean, the girl did. getting coffee was like, Hey, who's that? Uh- <laughs> but to- Tony's an elder yeah. at Fellowship Brentwood for uh-huh. a long time. And he's just the most humble guy. Totally, and, yeah. um, you know, every time we would come up with something, uh, Robbie's like, Tony, what do you think? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. uh, that was really cool. Okay. I got to write with Dan Leis uh, from August, Augustana, yeah. Augustana. That was love that band. And ex- just, so cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. such a cool artist, has um, an incredible story. Um,
0: okay.
1: He wrote the song Boston, which was just huge. Oh, man. Um, but just a melody, lyric genius. Yeah. And so th- those are probably the, the two biggest. And then I had a song on the show, Nashville, oh, with, cool. a, with, okay. a, with a friend of mine, uh, yeah. Jessica uh, Campbell. Okay. Uh, and so that was probably. Really cool. We got to go on set and got to be there for the recording. Yeah. Yeah. It was was pretty, pretty fun. That's cool.
0: Okay. So you're doing all the songwriting and Mm -hmm. then you're leading worship a bit at church already Mm -hmm. during that time. Mm -hmm. I guess it's kind of like, you know, for some people, it's like, I want to be an artist, you know, so they want to write and they want to have records and tour and do that. Some people are like, I'm going to work in the church. That would be my path, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I just want to lead worship. I want to be in a local church and whatever. Um, some people do it on the side, like, you know, I just help out with the church or do whatever. Like, did you have a, a lane that you wanted to run in at that time with music or
1: was it yeah, more open? Or... It was kind of open. Okay. I think, uh, I knew I wanted to song write. And, um, the only thing I knew to write was worship and CCM.
0: Okay. <laughs> so
1: the first five, six months I got to word, yeah. uh, the guy that got me there, a guy named Chad Segura, who was still one of my biggest, biggest fans. Uh-huh. And I, I love him. He's, he's fantastic. Um, got fired. Within six months, I was like, what the heck do I do? And so me and my friend Hillary McBride, Um, got to write together a lot um, just for the heck of it. And I had all these ideas that were about girls and relationships. And I was like, can I write these? Is this okay? (laughs) You know, and her her husband was like, you guys sound great. Y'all should just keep doing this and y'all should try out for American Idol or the voice. And so we ended up doing that and made it all the way to the um, executive producers for the voice. Almost got on the show as a duo. And word was like, Hey, we'd love to make an EP with you guys. And so I got to write, and opened my mind up to, like, country and TV film and all this stuff. And I think it made me a better songwriter to Uh just um, have all those experiences and writing about different stuff that I never really allowed myself to growing up. Because they were out of the box or not useful. I never got to use my falsetto. I never got to, like – do anything crazy. And, uh, for the first, I remember the first time performing with Hillary, uh, we're called the running roots. Uh, we haven't made music in a while, but, um, I think our stuff's still on Spotify, which is super fun. Um, I remember performing and was like, it's so different than worship leading because worship leaders, you know, there's some excellence that we want to bring to the table. Yeah. Of Mm. course we want to sing well, but also we want to lead people to thrones. We're, we're kind of like weirdly getting out of the way. Mm. And if you're an artist, you're kind of like, up front and whatever. And I was like, that that can't be glorifying to God, (laughs) you know? But I remember performing and I remember just like tearing up being like, this is still like an expression of my talent that God's given me. This is incredible. And it's still a worshipful moment. Yeah. And so at that point it like kind of switched my head. Yeah.
0: Okay. And that's kind of around where I met you in 2015, you know, moving to Nashville. And um, I remember you were taking a job, at like a church
1: in Alabama. Decatur. Yeah. Is Decatur, that right? Alabama, Yeah. How,
0: how did I remember that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, that was talent. Uh, but yeah, I remember uh, when we were just getting to know each other, we were in a couple groups together, you know, mm-hmm. guy, guys groups and um, kind of just picking your brain going like, do you like this? Is this like, <laughs> you know, I remember those conversations of like, is right. this like best case scenario for you? And I could kind of tell you were... It was, like, grateful for the the position and the role, but sure. also going, like, is this sustainable? Like, right. what do I – is it – do I belong here at Fellowship? Should I be changing? You know, like right. – and so maybe speak a little bit to that um, part of your story. It was that right. where it started to be a little bit shaky ground where it's like, okay, what am I actually doing <laughs> with the music portion of my career
1: whatever? Yeah, the, like, artist thing, I guess, never really worked. I don't know if I ever mm. really – pushed for it. Okay. Um maybe I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a weird I think worship has become its own genre in a way <laughs> yeah. in Christian music and yeah. so it's I I don't know if I like wanted that or not. I mm-hmm. think I like entertained it and maybe yeah. chased it a little bit. But yeah, leading worship's always been a big part of my life and um so I took this job in Decatur, Alabama at First Baptist yeah. Decatur. One of my um, good friends was a college leader when okay. I was um, uh, when I was in college. He was a leader at a couple of camps. And Excellent. so he's now the pastor there. Okay. And they wanted to start something a little more um, contemporary, mm. I would say. And we had it in the gym. And so he was like, dude, could you come lead worship? I know you're not leading at a church right now. And I was like, sure. And yeah. then also to help develop um, their student ministries band. Oh, that's cool. um, <clears throat> so that was a big part of it as well. Um, and so I was like, yeah, kind of prayed about it and thought about it. Was like, I think this this is me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's figure this out. And so would go down on Sunday morning, stay Sunday night, and then drive back Monday. Okay. And so I knew it wasn't sustainable <laughs> for a weekend. long yeah. time. Because
0: how far is it? Like an hour?
1: An hour or and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah. But I knew it was. Um, it was a great opportunity uh, to serve along with friends yeah and uh to still i think i've had to redefine what success looks like as Uh, a quote-unquote songwriter and worship leader yeah like if i get to do it for a living and get to impact people and get to pour back into students the way my youth pastor poured into me is like huge and if i can encourage them even if this isn't what they want to do for a career that they can go to college and be like Hey, I, I can try out for the worship band at my yeah. college ministry. Uh-huh. Like I, I know how to follow a click. Yeah. I know number system, I know blah blah blah, you know. That's and incredible. um yeah, that's also what I've done here at fellowship yeah. uh, with the student ministry. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's yeah, definitely t- changed. T- talk about more.
0: that. So you were uh, yeah. um so, so then I guess the next thing in your um trajectory was a uh, huge involvement with RFSM. Mm -hmm. And then huge involvement with Fellowship Nashville. So like Mm -hmm. it was those two kind of paired together. What was that like, you know, for you?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, FSM. uh, I'd been leading a group. Um, I followed a group of uh, high school students from ninth grade to twelfth grade. And so we call that like 242 group leader. Yeah. So I was already there. Um, I think somebody was in the position of. The worship leader at FSM when I first entered, and so they okay. they had me lead a few times, just you know volunteer because I was there. Mm-hmm. I was like, sure, I'll do that. And then the position opened, and was able to kind of jump on board. Yeah, um, and so was there for seven years. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that and so awesome. we we introduced um, click and mm. cues and all of that. And I knew if I had that growing up, it would have been it would have changed. I'm not sure if the listener knows, you know, click track or yeah. BPM or yeah. all of that and cues. It's like intro, two, three, <laughs> four. And you're hearing that in your ears. Right. And it was super weird at first when I first moved to Nashville. But it's kind of a Nashville standard. Yeah. Uh, in a way, especially if you're in the studio, you got to be able to follow click. Yeah. And I moved here. Didn't know how to do that. Never done it. Yeah. yeah. And so if I can teach these kids how to lead worship, mm-hmm. how to, uh, as Carl says, our, what is it? Our heart's affection and our mind's attention, mm-hmm. or mind's attention, heart's yeah. affection. And um, if I can teach these kids how to lead others well, um, even even musically, uh, yeah. like it, I, I'm doing my job well. And yeah. so kind of, uh, I guess, coordinating the band and getting the students yeah. and Teaching them, we had like a worship camp in the summer, which was super cool. I remember that. Um, hey, we just just had opportunity
0: sorry to interrupt, we just had Lindsay on uh, the podcast and she gave the talk that she gave at that camp,
1: yes, she did. So, I because
0: I still remember like what she said about coming in prepared for worship and like Mm. the um, old temple and all that stuff, yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was such a huge, I mean, you said it, and I'll just say it again, that's something I would have love to have as a kid like coming out playing music yeah. like that yeah. there was like little bits of development for me along the way but mm-hmm. nothing as structured and as excellent as you guys have done at fsm so like hats off to that whole program and yeah um, and what that meant i think for for people's development like True. i remember what like when you were um not going to do it anymore you know kind of transitioning out of it just like what people said about you and like all of like the little notes and like the video, you know, that kind of stuff about like, you know, Brett's leaving kind of thing. It was like, that's legacy. Like, yeah, that's like really impacting people's lives, you know, almost Mm -hmm. two full classes, you know, four years in high school to go through. And, yeah, and they might look back at their young years and go, yeah, yeah. Brett was like our music guy. And like, he was the best and he, you know, all these memories and stuff like that. So I just think that's so cool, man. When I think about, well, um, being on this side of it, looking back, going like, mm-hmm. yeah, people like that affected my life forever. So, sure. You
1: know, a big part of, I used to lead to worship at camps and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, even before that for, um, other friends and youth pastors, big part for me is I wanted, I wanted to bring people in that wanted to hang out with kids. Yeah. Like wanted to go play ultimate or play basketball or talk trash at ping pong, all this stuff. Because if you can know it, yeah, all the good stuff. Cause <laughs> if, if you can know a kid's name, And if you can know a little bit about their story and you can talk trash and semi-back it up at a sport, man, they trust you so much more on stage. And it's not about manipulation. It's about like trust. Like, hey, I know Brett. He's he's just like a dude, you know? And he's like trying to usher us into the presence of God. And maybe I don't know what that looks like, but yeah, he knows money. Yeah, I'll I'll do it, you know? And so I tried to bring that same aspect to FSM um, and just being their friend and also being a leader. Mm -hmm. It just... um, I think it translated pretty well. And yeah. so what I love about FSM so much is that we've had like two for two group leaders also leading mm. with the kids. And so you've got like a mix of not just all students, but it's students and leaders that's right. leading together. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. For people to mentor. I mean, I it wasn't as structured, like I was saying, when I was growing up. But like I would Same. play with my dad. You know, my dad was a worship pastor. So I would play drums at the time like for him you know like on stage uh but you know the bass player was like a chiropractor and the you know the guitar player was like a coder and like it was like all these different like you know and they all just volunteered at church or whatever but I remember so many of them like pouring into me saying like Nate you're Mm. doing a great job and like wow I can't believe you're you know musical like a you know just like dear old dad and it was like just like things that meant the world to me Mm because I was like you you may not like I could be like that one day, like, you Mm -hmm. know, because in my mind it was like, my dad was like music pastor for like 15 years and like everyone loved him. And it was like this big thing. And so it, yeah, it wasn't just my parents pouring into me. Like you're saying, there's all these like adult figures that you just look back on and say, Hey, thanks for, you know, having that role in my life. Because maybe I'm not where I am today if that's not spoken in or that's Mm. not encouraged, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, that's cool. And, and so that's happening the same time um, Fellowship Nashville is
1: kind of kicking off. Yeah, so I've, I've been and... hearing about Fellowship Nashville for mm-hmm. years and years and years from uh, Bill Wellens, potentially. And I uh, was a part of a church for a long time called Ecclesia, Okay. And it ended up kind of turning into Fellowship Nashville. There's a couple different iterations mm-hmm. and... That's um, a long story in itself, but had been hearing about Fellowship Nashville for quite a long time okay. and finally got got linked up um, about six or seven years ago now as yeah. well. Okay. And that's, um, I mean, we're affiliated with Fellowship Brentwood, have mm-hmm. a relationship, but we're autonomous. Yeah. And so we meet like Tool South area right uh, now. And okay. it's been incredible to work with uh, Mark Irving and yeah. uh, Levi Scott and then our new pastor, a guy named Ryan um, Doughty, and he's... They're all fantastic, oh, and cool. so it's yeah. a great opportunity to serve with uh, Molly O'Connor as well, and then Meredith um, Irving, Mark's wife. I don't yeah. forget them as well. Yeah, they're fantastic. Oh, that's um, awesome. But it's just um, such a cool opportunity to to like lead on a Sunday is different than leading on a Wednesday. Yeah, and you've got adults more than just kids. Yeah, and you know you know what a Sunday is like. Oh, totally. yeah. So for us to figure out what our sound is mm-hmm. because it looks different, we. Right now, we meet in an elementary school. So we load in and out every week. Yeah. We've been doing that for six or seven years. Okay. Our building is almost done. Uh, we're in like the Berry, Berry Hill, Berry Farms oh, that's area. Cool. Yeah. And so. But you bought a. Yeah, like bought a an spot. old okay. YES building. Um, youth encouragement services Okay, um, and so we're almost done and so we'll be moving in there and so I didn't even know f- that's awesome yeah we'll have to yeah. figure out what our sound looks like we don't want to be like white savior church coming yeah. in there you know yeah, like yeah. hey this is what we want to do right. but like you know if we have uh, a lot of different ethnicities and cultures like I want to involve that yeah. and I don't know what the heck that looks like and I'm excited but like yeah. that's such a cool opportunity for us to grow and for me to grow as a musician mm-hmm. and to in a way like give my job away way to right. allow our people to volunteer and, and, and step into leadership and what that looks like. Yeah. So yeah, it's been great.
0: I wonder what is your experience um, being a worship leader at a church and you're not full time, like you're not there all the time and like sure. meetings and the whole thing. What's that been like for you? Do you wish it was more involvement? Do you kind of like um, the amount that you are now? Like what's that I, experience? Yeah.
1: I think it looks different now with um going back to grad school uh, for a marriage and family therapy degree. It looks Mm -hmm. different now, but at the time I was in school um, full-time, I did a class all day Tuesday and then Monday and Thursday night had a class. And so there were two classes for each like kind of, half semester, I guess. Okay. Or I guess that's a full semester. Um and so being in ministry, being leading worship at FSM and Fellowship Nashville yeah. allowed me th- the flexibility to yeah. do school um, and them to encourage me to do school. And, cool. and that yeah. and the flexibility to do it. Yeah. And trying the songwrite whenever I could. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> busy busy. Just, yeah. You yeah. just kind of do it whenever you can. And yeah. um yeah, we can talk about that, too. I don't yeah, want to jump no, the
0: gun. that's a perfect segue. Um, so, you know, it, it's maybe oversimplifying it, but it's like, you know, yeah. when I met you, it's like music, 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 like the whole sure. thing's music. And then I look at you today and it's like you got all these clients and you're uh, yeah. in the counseling field and the whole thing. So like it's crazy, it's a, you know, the low hanging fruit question. What in the world happens? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, like what was the where would the change? Come well, yeah. Like? Well, one thing I didn't want to miss was you've been in the songwriting Room before you mm-hmm. know what that's like. Yeah. It's almost like a therapy session uh, uh, with what you're bringing into the room that day. Totally, you know. Yeah, uh, and that may be a country song. That may be TV. It may be worship. It may be anything. What God's teaching you? Yeah. And so, <laughs> it's not a hard left turn huh. from songwriting, and not a hard left turn from ministry being in front of students or people and having hard conversations. um, What kind of got me there? Goodness. um, I had one student go through some pretty heavy things. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give anything away there, Mm -hmm. um, but got to visit him and his family in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I remember praying before I went in. I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to say or do that imposter syndrome. Right. Mm -hmm. Who am I to like sit with these people? Yeah, Yeah, of course I'm not qualified. So I remember going in and, um, just asking really good questions mm. and like sitting in the middle of his pain um, with his parents. Uh, of course, I got to pray with them yeah. and and um, do life with them for another you know couple of years, and he's mm. doing great. Um, but I remember coming out of that, going, "Wow, I loved mm. getting to sit in their mess and and bringing." Not like I had anything to bring anyway, but yeah. just to be there. I, I, I don't know. Something came up in me. And yeah. so um, it stirred kind of a different. Yeah. So thing. Scott, yeah. Scott Henderson at the time was like, dude, you should pay attention to that. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And then dated a therapist for a little bit okay. and I uh, always thought she was trying to get at me a little <laughs> bit, you know? And, uh, that's
0: gotta be like a, an ongoing, you know, theme. for sure.
1: <laughs> like, for sure. For sure. Um, are you, th-
0: are you therapy right now or are we on a date right now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's, that's difficult. Yeah. But, um, it, uh, like whatever I did naturally back to her, mm-hmm. as far as asking questions and kind of diving in, she was like, Brett, I know you don't really know what you're doing mm-hmm. from a clinician standpoint, but if you did, I think you'd be really good at my job. Oh, you should pray about that. Yeah. And I was like, Ah, crap. Okay. So, Is that to say you have the right
0: instincts, but not the formal training? Is yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never really been book smart, but I feel like I've always been, had more people smart yeah, skills. Or
0: Okay. Um, so put it together and it's like a good.
1: Yeah. Christian and so yeah. so, yeah, I started praying about it, asking friends and mentors and family. And um, they were like, yeah, I think this makes sense. Hmm. Um, and so I had to take a test to get back into grad school, which I was. Like not excited about, um, but got in yeah. and got accepted. And I was like, okay, here we go. Wow. Yeah. So, so where
0: was that at? Where uh, Your program? Uh, Trevecca. Okay.
1: I entered, I think fall 2019. Yeah. So right before COVID. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wanted to be in this program. Because um, it was in person with mm. peers, and then it turned out to not be in person with peers yeah, through right. COVID, and and so the flexibility of still like leading worship, uh, even though that looked a whole lot different through COVID as well. But getting to do school was just um, a blessing yeah. to like kind of concentrate on that. Yeah, um, and school for two two and a half years. Okay, and then now I work for Lantern Lane Farm. Okay, which is in Mount Juliet. Yeah. So I, I stopped um, leading worship at Fellowship um, of the Student Ministry mm-hmm. um, last summer. Then took a job with Lander Lane in August. Okay, and so um, Lander Lane Farm is out in Mount Juliet. We've got horses. It's this beautiful property. Mm. Uh, so I'm pre-licensed. So okay. I, I'm under supervision. So a marriage and family therapy uh, degree. Gotcha. So okay. working towards licensure. So if you, have a, you have
0: the you have the degree. You need more hours, I guess. Or more, more hours, hours or... and then oh. I have to
1: take a licensure exam. Okay, and then at that point you could. Have your own practice and do what I can. Have my own practice yeah. now, oh, technically, really? okay. but um, yeah, I kind of wanted to work um, in a setting with other therapists and learn and grow, yeah. and uh, yeah, just the opportunity presented itself. And mm-hmm. um, I remember interviewing, and they're like, "Yeah, if you want to bring your guitar into session, or <laughs> throw, a, throw a football around," or and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, and uh, like this, speaking this all week, of your love languages. yes, all know. of my love languages, all yeah. the things. But I also know that, um, like, guys, we don't often want to sit. And stare at each other mm. and just talk about our feelings. like
0: we are now. Yeah,
1: I mean we are <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but like of... we like we're side by side, yeah, doing something together, and that's yeah. that's how a lot of guys connect. They're comfortable, you yeah. know, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're comfortable doing that. And so for me to feel the freedom to fully be myself and mm-hmm. be um, sports Brett, you know, yeah. as well as um, counselor therapist Brett, yeah, uh, it's it's the same Brett. It's yeah. just a different avenue
0: i guess man i think yeah i've got a lot of questions about counseling but like one of the things you know for me is like um i think i would really enjoy a counselor that i could just like pal around with and like you know buddy up with rather than some of my experience with counseling has been a little bit more uh clinically distant and um you know the experience of like saying something and then you feel like the response is like you know uh client says A, I say B. You know, like just like if he goes this direction, I now say this. It's more right. of like a a rote kind of – it just comes across that way. Sure. And I'm just imagining like, yeah, throwing a football or like talking bands or, you know, just connecting with people um, is it kind of a different way around the same thing. It's like you want them to be honest. You want them to bring what's really going on. Yeah. And sometimes it's not as inviting when you're like sitting across from someone who you could <coughs> tell doesn't really like – want to laugh or joke around they're just there right. to like do their job you know what i mean yeah so i'm just imagining you like crushing that aspect of it which is so, so fun well
1: a lot of a lot of therapy is um connection and joining with your client mm. if they don't know you or yeah. or, or trust you mm-hmm. i mean self-disclose some mm. um but it's not about me in the session yeah you know but yeah. obviously if there is some connection. I mean, I have a lot of athletes that I work with mm. and that's super important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was hard on me growing up. Yeah. Uh, I knew what it's like to play on a team, team sport injuries. Um, roll type. Roll type. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I had to uh, drop it. You had, you had to, so. I, I did not play in Alabama. <laughs> Goodness. I wish I could have right. played tennis there, but um <laughs> yeah it's just a language, yeah um and so I would really love to work with um, athletes and then musicians, artists mm-hmm. because that's my world, that's who I am, and I feel like I know that language mm-hmm. and that's been super helpful to join with clients yeah. and um yeah it's been it's been really special, yeah, the one thing I would say that's been extremely hard and uh-huh. also rewarding is that it's not about me in the session mm-hmm. and so for me, as a believer to leave that aside at times mm. to not look at people as an agenda and just to love them that's been like challenging cuz i've had clients who bring stuff into the room and i want to be like no don't do that no <laughs> but it's 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 my job just to love them and if they're you know struggling with anxiety or yeah. or depression it's not like well what you really need is jesus mm. it's like maybe sure but let's let's treat The anxiety or depression, yeah, and um, have conversations along the way, and yeah, um, that's been really challenging for my faith, and also amazing at the same Mm. time is to have someone sitting across from me that is so different than me. Oh, yeah, and for me to have the compassion and the empathy just to show up and listen and Mm -hmm. love them without an agenda.
0: Oh, man. See, I feel like that would be one of the hardest things for me. Obviously, I don't have any of the training or any of the the know-how, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the feeling of, like, how do I fix this person, which I know is not the right instinct, you know. <laughs> but that's, like, a constantly I think what I would be up against is, like, they're pouring their life out to me or their situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Their, the reason why they came to counseling to begin with. Sure. You know, um, just not feeling uh, equipped, or um, they're kind of looking at me, going like, "Now what? Now tell me what to do." Like you, <laughs> you know, you're the expert. Sure. You know, um, and so how do you how do you deal with that feeling? I mean, you talked about asking curious questions. Sure. Um, does, is part of that just like um, waiting for the Holy Spirit? I mean, even in you to like guide you or give you the right words to say. I mean, it's a big question, but it's like, how do you know? what direction to go with a client, you know?
1: Yeah, that can be difficult Mm. at times. I mean, I have them for what, 50 minutes? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the work you do in that one hour is work Mm -hmm. for sure. But a lot of therapy is done outside Mm. and it's on the client to do the work. Yeah, interesting. Um, And so for for me to say, let's fix your anxiety or Mm. let's fix. It's not fixing. It's learning how to to cope with, uh, anxiety, to wow. use, um, strategic things to allow you to overcome it. And often even times welcome it mm-hmm. Be like, okay, what can you learn when you start feeling this anxiety? Like what's going on in your body? How, what are the, what are the triggers? What are the signs? Mm-hmm. How do you welcome it to go? Oh, it's alarming me that you know mm-hmm. and so yeah. using it in such a way as to not cuz i have parents that will drop off their kids like fix my kid <laughs> and i'm like don't go far you might be the problem <laughs> you know cuz it's a family system Absolutely. we all play roles we yeah. all are a part of something yeah. and so when you show up wanting to be fixed yeah. it's it yeah I, I think i had to kind of when i first started my internship i did at chiveca's counseling center okay. and i worked with a lot of athletes um they um I like just got done with school, you know? And I'm like, okay, I gotta try this modality. I gotta try this one, I gotta use this. Yeah, all of a sudden just learned. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all my supervisors were just like, just show up and be yourself mm. and figure out what that is and that's enough. That's really good. And I'm like, oh, yeah. what does that even mean? Oh, enough. I am not enough. And then you grow up thinking yeah. I'm not enough and then the imposter syndrome and then you have to go, okay, God's given me this opportunity mm. to sit in front of this person for an hour. I'm gonna give them everything I got. Yeah. And I hope they, in return, give me. This. Yeah, right.
0: I'm sure it's a mutual thing. Like it can't just yeah. be. I'll be one sided, and uh, you know, they're bringing their honesty, and mm. you're bringing your your listening <laughs> and yeah. your questions and all that. And you're, you know, I think I heard you say before, like I'm helping the person help themselves, you know, or like yeah. find their own answers. Yeah, which is a beautiful relationship. I think you know um, obviously anyone seeking out counseling is there for a reason. Like they didn't just mm-hmm. stay home that day, <laughs> you know, they went to you for something, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's, just, I, I would imagine every client's different, you know, and am like and that, how, where to take it. And and then you've got that.
1: parents that are bringing in kids that don't want to be there. Uh, that's hard. And yeah. that's difficult. Uh-huh. That's been very difficult. Um, but, but, you know, sometimes I'll wear my retro ones and they're like, Oh, cool shoes, bro. Right. And I'm like, yeah, em. <laughs> you know, got them no, no, but... for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you learn to connect with them mm-hmm. in the ways that you can. Yeah. And they learn to trust you. And hopefully it's, it's a long game, but they start opening up yeah. and start letting you in on some of their things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because I know that was my journey when I first started with my therapist. Was yeah. Man, I don't want to talk about these things. I'm just gonna just gonna wait, just gonna wait, and then I'll throw it in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of time. Yes, oh, and we're out of time. Cool. We don't I have to talk that. about that. And I I see clients doing Do you, that. I know that game. I know that game because I did it when yeah. I first started. But I've seen so much growth in me and emotional maturity in mm-hmm. me that um, I'm just just excited for other people's journeys. Cause I know okay. for me, counseling was like the show Frasier
0: yeah you know, or like telling. psychology like yeah. this
1: dude had like all these books and he's just like smarter yeah. than you and you sit down and you listen to him he tells you what to do with your life yeah that's like yeah. oh my goodness <laughs> and just the way like counseling was like this weird connotation like even in the office when yeah. jim and pam go to counseling yeah it's like there there's they're so you only messed up if you go to counseling like yeah well i mean you know we're all messed up here right um spoiler alert so yeah. um yeah, I, that's I don't so know. true.
0: That's such a thing, man. Like, I I remember thinking when we first did marital counseling, mm-hmm. I was like, I will do this, but I don't want anyone to know about it. Yeah, you know, there's like see? a little bit of a shame. Maybe it's too, too much of a word, but it's in that direction you know where you feel oh, like sure. you only go if you're broken or you only go if you're whatever right but like you said i mean it's like you know which one of us isn't <laughs> you know so like why are yeah. we all secretive about that right or, it's like you know? it's
1: like on a sunday morning we can all put our mask on but we don't talk about putting our mask on yeah
0: you know totally, um, man.
1: yeah it's yeah it's interesting uh
0: so for you i mean you're kind of in the middle of the story right this isn't done for you like you know you've it's a recent change. You know, we keep talking about that as saying like, mm-hmm. you know, you weren't doing counseling 5 years ago and now you're full on in it and trying to get all your hours and do all that. Do you find the balance is working for you with music and with counseling? You're in these two worlds, you know, it's kind of a unique yeah. uh position that you're in. Um how's that all going for you?
1: <laughs> yeah, it it it's it's definitely a challenge at times mm-hmm. to, you know, just, um, navigate life. But yeah, in those specific instances, um, I'm able to occasionally get a staff meeting with fellowship Nashville and they're mm-hmm. still really flexible with me being part-time yeah. with showing up on a Sunday and, mm-hmm. and doing auditions and, um, occasionally getting a staff meeting and coordinating with our pastors on what, you know, what they're speaking about and what songs yeah. work well, you know, the whole game. Totally, yeah. uh, and then as well, like balancing what it looks like to sit with clients well mm. and knowing what my limit is, yeah. you know, um. I think at most one week I saw eighteen clients, which sounds like a lot. <laughs> does or sound like or a Maybe lot, it yeah. doesn't. I don't know. No, it does. But yeah. to me, um, learning how to not take it home at the end of the day, mm. um, and then learning, you know, like my roommates, they also like want to get home and they want to connect. Yeah. And so for me to give them some time, totally. to connect, you're not uh, like it, totally drained or just right. Like can't, well, you know, sometimes I am, yeah. and I have to practice my own, like, self-boundaries of, you know, like, doing my you know i play pickleball a lot yeah uh i love disc golf yeah. I, I like bourbon like i love we can get into that too now yeah. if you want. but like all <laughs> of are these are kind things, of my sporty friend, which i don't have a lot of <laughs> yeah well all of these things what do they do yeah. they foster community yeah so like for me pickleball like this morning i got to play with some guys at fellowship eric hoffman and, oh, cool. and william was there and and got to see them again and some other people and yeah. just fosters really good conversation it's community yeah. same with disc golf you get to throw, you get to hit a tree, you get to say a cuss word, you get to like be outside. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, I, I need it. Yeah. It's self-care. You know, you can carry on a really meaningful conversation and also do something sporty.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and then bourbon as well. Like our, our whole hearted it's group, good, like we totally. had like a bourbon tasting and alcohol was not a thing growing up. And I've seen it modeled uh, really well yeah. in my adulthood. And I'm like, can we do this? You know, and it fosters <laughs> oh, we're a Bible study. Yeah, yeah, it fosters really great conversation around yeah. brown corn water <laughs> and you're just, you're hanging out. And for me, it was just like, man, all of these places of community are coming together. Like, yeah. what does that mean? Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, that's it's really a, cool, man. That's yeah, a
0: lot. Yeah. When you talk about like a community, it doesn't seem as disjointed as it does at first glance, you know, where, right. and, and like you said, there's a lot of like um uh, crossover or like the Venn diagram, you know, there's a lot of common yeah. ground on uh, it's not that, different to sit with a student as it is to sit in a co-write as it is to sit with a client, you know, like it's boom. all <laughs> listening. It's all ministry. It's all yes. carrying.
1: It's all the whole thing. And what it is, is like empathy. I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm sitting and I'm caring. Yeah. And I think we've lost the art of, of listening and caring. Yeah. It's like, okay, are you done with your point yet? Shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up, shut up. My turn. Yeah, you know, and it's like, nah. yeah. Um, and I just think we've, we've lost the art of that. And so I think mm-hmm. it has allowed me to, Counseling has allowed me to slow down, even in normal life, and just pay attention.
0: Yeah. I think at a lot of these interviews, I try to get to a spot where, I mean, all through your story, right, it's God showing you who he is, but also showing you Mm -hmm. who you are. Like, I just think about all the people that spoke into your life, Mm -hmm. and um, just the fulfillment that you got from the relationships and ministry, and from leading worship, Ephesus, and the whole thing. Yeah. And then what you did with all that, you know, we talked a little bit about obedience and that being a response, you know, to God's revelation of saying, like, Brett, I made you to be a certain way. Like, Mm. there's only one of you, you know, and I want to use you in these ways throughout your life. You know, Mm -hmm. would you do that? You know, do you want to walk Mm. into that with me? And so, so, you know, yes to worship leading, yes to songwriting, yes to counseling, you know, and so I was just curious, like today, you know, in, in kind of 2023, you know, like currently... Do you feel like God is revealing anything about himself or about uh, you? Or um, kind of what does response look like to you
1: these days and and where you're at? Ooh, uh, that's a great question. I know, big question too. Big, 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 big question. (laughs) Um, For me, I I, I think growing up it was— You lead worship. Here's how you lead worship. Here's the songs. Mm -hmm. Go for it. And so for now, in some of my doubts and questioning, Mm -hmm. um, I was always told, or maybe it was more insinuated growing up of like, hey, don't ask questions. It's Mm -hmm. a slippery slope. you know. But for me, I I think I'm finding God in the questions Mm -hmm. and in the doubt. And as we're singing some of these songs, um, I'm like, oh, that's hard for me to sing this morning. Mm -hmm. I need to check my heart. you know i'll give you a few different um references there's a song called follow you anywhere and i was there when they released it at passion and i remember you know follow you anywhere all that thing Uh it gets to the bridge and there was no context no call to worship no nothing it said um wherever you lead me whatever it costs me all i want is jesus Mm -hmm. and i was like i'm over three (laughs) I'm out, you know, whatever, wherever you lead me, could be anywhere. Mm. Like all these college kids are like, wherever you lead me, God, you know, like, uh, and I'm like, do we know what we're singing? Wherever you lead me, whatever it costs me, it could cost me everything. It could cost a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then all I want is Jesus. No, I want my phone. I want a relationship. I want, you name it, something else. Yeah. And so for me in that moment, it was really hard for me to engage. Uh. And so for me, I needed context of what do we, what do we do with these songs? when our hearts don't line up with the songs in yeah, the moment, yeah. it's like, man, what? Make, make you're making this a prayer or a, or a longing or an aspiration mm. of like, God, I, w- I want to say wherever mm. you lead me, I would go. Yeah. Whatever it costs me, I would I would do it. Yeah. And all I want is Jesus. Yes. Yeah. All like, of by that. faith. <laughs> yeah. By faith. Like <laughs> yeah. for me, it's hard to in the moment say God is faithful, but you can go, well, God has been faithful and mm. God will continue to be faithful. And even though maybe there's a lot of questioning questioning and uncertainty to go no god is still faithful i can yeah. sing that in truth and so yeah. it's almost like talking yourself well, into yeah, this if I that mean, makes sense and you get it you, you play these songs no, just as much I as totally i did.
0: do and i, I think what you, what you said was really powerful about um not being afraid to ask the questions or being told right. no like that right. that was my upbringing too man like mm. it was like you either believe in god or you have a a doubt or no faith at all. It was like that not there was everything was very binary. It was like you're either yeah. in or you're out. Yeah. It's either the switch is on or off. And so I didn't want to ask. I didn't want to doubt because that showed I'm I'm off. Like I'm mm-hmm. out of the faith. You know, I don't mm-hmm. believe. And um I, I do think you can go too far with that, with like sure. the deconstruction of this and of that, and like nothing is true anymore like how we were raised. Sure. I don't want to go that far, but um, I think there's a lot to be said about like Questioning why you believe and yeah. asking those internal questions about do I even believe this? That's a great example. Yeah, because you come out to a better place anyway of saying mm. like, okay, the the reality is I do believe this, but I, it's hard today, you know. And mm-hmm. it's what I want to be true of myself, hundred percent. Sure, like I want to be all about Jesus and nothing else. Right. In reality, I fall short of that in these ways. I think that's like a more nuanced, like com- complex faith. Sure. than the on or off approach, which is like... Oh, I agree. I believe it and I'm never asking a question, you know, so... <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I'm not the yeah. same believer I was when I accepted Christ at seven mm-hmm. and then when I rededicated my life at 16 and yeah. then even in my college years and then even like three years ago. Yeah. I hope I'm changing. I hope I'm deconstructing in a yeah. way of then being able to reconstruct something together and yeah. what I like to like call it like maturing in my theology, maturing in my faith. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm always doing that. Yeah, yeah. So I think that term has gotten... Skewed. Yeah. I do think there are some people that are deconstructing just to rip it all down. Right. And say, forget you church, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I do think there are others in the space that are hopefully seeking and learning and growing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I'm at. And that's yeah. finally getting to a place of like, that's okay. I yeah. think God is in the tension. Jesus, right. Jesus is with me in this. Totally. You know. Know? Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. It's a mature look at faith. I think about too, like, um, you know, being a parent or husband or any, any role where you're in a relationship where you're like, I shouldn't ever think that this is not the best thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I shouldn't ever like, and so, you know, um, it's those times where you allow yourself to go like, no, this is really challenging. Yeah. Like I'm having a really hard day with this, you know? And it's not to say like, I, I wish I wasn't a dad or I wish I wasn't, right. you know, uh, but to say like, yeah, I mean it, the questioning and the sort of struggle, if you allow yourself to feel that and mm-hmm. sit in that a little bit, I think you come out stronger mm-hmm. than if you just avoid the whole thing to begin with and say, oh, I can't go there. You know, I don't want to like whatever, which is kind of like what you're saying about, um, I thought it was beautiful the way you talked about, um, depression and pain mm. you know you said like you can overcome it but then you kind of turned around and was like or you can invite it in you know yeah. like maybe could you say a little bit more about like that move? yeah I don't know if that's like a is that something you learned in school or well no
1: I, I learned this from um, I'm gonna click on a thing so this might be noisy for a yeah. second um, but I learned it from um, a book called Voice of the Heart okay uh, it's a Chip Dodd book and he talks about these eight core emotions you know okay. hurt sadness i'll show this to my clients i'm yeah. showing nate right now this uh-huh. little document thing hurt sadness loneliness fear anger shame guilt gladness so it looks like there's only one good one right uh-huh <laughs> right gladness yeah I but like no there, there's a choice in all of them mm. so say that you're lonely the impairment or the the um i guess the shadow side would mm-hmm. be leads you to apathy just leads you to like more loneliness i don't care i'm gonna lock myself in a my room yeah goodbye You know, that kind of thing. Um, And then, but the benefit of loneliness is that it allows it to seek and help, um, or like seek healthy relationships. So, it pushes you into relationships. So, in each one of these feelings, there's actually a choice. Uh, Oh, wow. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, like...
0: So avoiding loneliness doesn't actually reap any of the benefit of loneliness. Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's like, it's okay to sit in that. Yeah. And where does that push you? Like does, a good place, you know? Yeah. It pushes really you to relationships.
1: So wow. yeah. And all of these core emotions, like there's, there's a choice.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like we could double click on that for another hour, but we'll have to call
1: it. Sure. <laughs> no, That's really love good, it. man. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been fun.
0: Yeah. Thanks, dude. Thanks so much for coming on today and just talking about, you know, your story. And I know there's yeah. uh, so many aspects of it and so many personal parts of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just to kind of it's actually really interesting to just hear it all in one sitting. And and look at, wow, look at God at every turn, sure. you know, yeah. and every part of the story is really cool, man. So, yeah, um, I'm so glad to see. You push into that counseling thing. It's been, uh, yeah. I didn't see it coming, uh, but when you started it, I was like, of course, that makes total sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that he sure. would it kind of uh, access that part of who God made you to be right. to help people. And I'm so glad, man, that they have you. Like I was saying before, someone that's, that that's can sweet. actually buddy up with them and because you might be the only person that can reach them, you know, at that yeah, point. Maybe. if they yeah. I don't like this guy and I don't connect with this lady, but like, I really like Brett. I just, I see that can be so true of you. So anyway, I just want to encourage you, man. Thanks, brother. Um, Yeah. Thanks for having me on. This has been fun. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Revelation Response is produced by Fellowship Bible Church and Fellowship Songs. You can check us out online at fellowshipbiblechurch.org or by searching Fellowship Songs wherever you stream your music. Also, please leave us a like and give us a follow to hear more episodes like this. Thanks for listening. And then the music rolls. Oh, you have it! I was no, like, this thing, what is that? This thing came in with like why didn't you tell me this Dude, before? That would have been music? so gold.
1: <laughs> There's so many of them. Dude,
0: can you get stuff on there? Yeah, you can load anything you want. Because you could do the laughter one and like. Stop it. That one's scary as I'll get out. Today on Revolution Response.
1: (laughs) Dude, you can load some good ones in there.
0: Dude, I'm saying. Yes, yay.